So you've got some of these amazing services to sell and you know that there are clients out there who want to buy. Bridging the gap between the two is your offers or your packages or how you describe what you do for your clients. Now, my guest today has an incredibly unique way of framing offers and packages and service types for her business that she's going to talk all about on our interview. Now, Cheryl Woodhouse is the owner of Tactile Design Company, and she's got years of experience doing this in her own company, and she wants to share how she does it with us. So you're going to absolutely love this episode. Let's get to it. If you're seeking a way to escape the cycle of under-earning and overworking, then you're in the right place. Welcome to The Well-Paid Creative, where we discover how to run a profitable and satisfying creative business. I'm your host, Gabrielle Chipier, and I share what I've learned in my 17 years as a creative pro. From attracting quality clients, to earning more profit, to escaping burnout, and creating amazing work you love, we're going to cover it all. Join me as I interview experts and reflect on my own experiences, both the good and the bad. Before we dive into the show, if you want access to free resources, trainings, and a community of creative pros just like you, hop on over to wellpaidcreative.com where you can find all this and more. Welcome back, everybody, to the Well-Paid Creative Podcast. I am super excited to have Cheryl Woodhouse here with me today. She's the owner of Tactile Design Company, and we're going to be talking all about how to create irresistible offers as a freelance or solo provider. So thank you so much for joining me today, Cheryl. Oh, thank you. It's so awesome to be on this podcast, and I am excited to share some of what I know with your audience. Wonderful. So your whole premise behind this topic was just so attention grabbing. So not only how to create and structure that offer, but then how to make it so that it provides consistent income, which immediately my ears were like, whoop. (laughs) Yeah, I know that's something that you really focus on um, with people as well. And it For me, that was the biggest hurdle in starting my business and growing my business. Um, You know, I'm sole breadwinner for my family. I'm raising three beautiful children. We travel around a lot. And, you know, without that consistency um, earlier on in my business, it was just, it was really a struggle. And when I figured out how to create that, it kind of unlocked everything for me. So that's a big piece of what I want to share with people now. Wonderful. So now Tactile Design Company is the business that you run and you guys create online courses for experts and influencers, correct? Yes, we create online courses and digital events, mostly for offline businesses. So we're working with a jazz festival. We have an e-commerce store for an offline retailer. I'm currently working with one of the world's greatest horse trainers out of Northern BC um, to build an online course for him. And a lot of that growth um, and that direction really just came about recently in the pandemic. But we've been working on basically sales funnels and digital marketing for those types of things for, well, I have for about 18 years now. Awesome. So when you were creating your own packages and your own offers in your business, what would you say was kind of the first step you had to take to get started on this path? 
Uh, well, it was research, realistically. That's that's where I start every time I have a gap in my client base that I want to fill. Um, it doesn't happen as often anymore, thankfully, because over time, you know, referrals start to become the primary source. But for many years in my business, I would start it with research. And so I would go out to people I've worked with in the past, people that um, my clients know or my connections know, and people that I just wanted to work with. And I would interview them. And ask them, like, what are your goals? What are your hopes? What are your dreams? What are your obstacles and your challenges? And what have you already tried to get there? Um, and I'm actually, I'm about to implement this again just for fun in tourism because travel is one of my passions and interests. And so we're wanting to grow the agency in that direction and do online marketing for them. And so we're about to interview 10 or 15 different adventure tourism spots. And, you know, we'll, talk to the whitewater rafting guys and the people that run the hotels and, and just figure out what is going on in their business. What are they trying to achieve and what are their obstacles to getting there? Um, once you figure that out, it becomes a lot easier to position your services as a solution to their problem rather than just competing as a service provider. Mm, I love that. So how do you go about setting up these meetings and coffee chats? You know, how do you first identify the people you want to interview? And then how do you approach them to do these interviews for your research? Yeah, I primarily start with my network, as I mentioned. So over time, that part has gotten a lot bigger and the cold outreach has gotten a lot smaller. Um and I just, I approach everyone I know that I should talk to in an email. And I say, hey, I'm doing this research project. Would you have 20 minutes on Zoom to answer some questions about your business and where you're going and what you're facing right now? Most people are more than willing to help. I think every time I email about 50 people, I'll get 20 to 25 people who are willing to jump on a 20 minute Zoom and answer those questions for me. Um, when I don't have anyone in my network and I've tapped out everyone that everyone in my network knows because you always ask for referrals on these calls. Um, that's when I start to go cold and Facebook groups and LinkedIn groups have been my biggest sources of people for those things. Um, depending on the industry, you know, whether they're more active on Facebook or LinkedIn, when I was working in the craft spirits industry, there are a couple of really active, heavily industry focused groups on LinkedIn. And so I just posted basically that same call out right there in the group hey, I'm doing a research project. I'm looking to interview 10 people from the industry to talk about your goals and dreams and challenges. Um, sometimes I'll offer $5 Starbucks gift card or an Amazon gift card to incentivize people, but oftentimes they'll just do it because they want to share what's going on in their life and what's going on in their business and hopefully get some advice in return. Um, and usually I'll end up fairly quickly getting 10 or 15 total people to interview from that process. Wonderful. So you get a great response. And I love how you mentioned how you focus first on your network and the people you already know, because I think that's a little bit less scary for someone to do reaching out to people you already know and getting referrals to maybe people they know, rather than doing the cold outreach approach. Yeah, absolutely. And one thing that I found, I always tell people your friends and family are your worst clients. Don't ever work directly with them. <laughs> They're friends and family. Yeah, some of your best, right? And so making those connections and asking everyone in your network, 
like for the tourism example, I'm, I'm asking everyone on my network, who do you know that works in adventure tourism? Who do you know who, you know, runs a destination spot? Who do you know who runs as a tour operator in some of these locations that we're looking at and how can you connect me with them? And so using your connections, not even necessarily directly as interviews, but as sources of interviews has, it's really fruitful. And those connections, those referrals are warm. They're not cold. So your response rate is greater and it's a little less intimidating or a lot Mm. less intimidating. (laughs) I love that. So once you get through this whole research process and you're pretty sure you kind of have their, their fears, their pains, their goals, and and what they're looking for kind of down, then what's the next step after that? So this is interesting because it flies in the face of most of what I was taught when I was becoming a freelancer. And then when I started growing into an agency, um, but I build one package. I don't have the, the low medium and high tier packages. I just create one offer and I position myself and that offer as essentially strategy build. Okay. I call it getting paid for your proposals. Um, but what I'll propose to a client is for X amount of dollars, I will build out a strategy so you can achieve the goal I now know they want to achieve, overcoming the obstacles I now know they have, um, and we'll develop a plan to solve your problem, essentially. And I'll come at that with a set price based on the value that I think it's worth in that market, based on the research that I've done. And yeah, we just go through a two to four week process where I dive really, really deep. I get to ask all the good questions. I get to create the the best proposals I could possibly ever create because I'm getting paid to do it and I can dedicate that much time to it. And at the end of that process, the client walks away with a six to 12 month plan to implement whatever it is that their business is missing to actually achieve their goals. And whether they implement it with me or not is up to them. But usually there's enough trust there that we can start working on the next steps. We're going to get right back to the conversation because it is so good. But I want to tell you about a free quiz at wellpaidcreative.com forward slash quiz that's going to help you discover the unique hidden key to higher profit and awe-inspiring growth in your creative business. Now, there are so many keys to growth in a business, but they don't all fit the lock of your business right now. That's why I developed the Profit Finder quiz, and it's going to show you exactly what you need to be focusing on to reach the next level. Now, making a decent living from the work you love doesn't have to be hard. And when you answer these profit finding questions for yourself, you're going to make it so much easier. Go take the Profit Finder quiz today. You can find it at wellpaidcreative.com forward slash quiz and get your unique key plus in-depth strategies designed to help you see growth fast. Now, again, that's at wellpaidcreative.com forward slash quiz. All right, let's get back to the episode. This is such a unique take on providing services. I absolutely love it. So you're not selling your services per se. You're selling the proposal itself. You're selling the strategy. You're selling the solution. And then from there, they can choose to either, you know, solve that problem and use that strategy with you, or they could go to someone else to do it. So 
I mean, when you first mentioned this, I was just like, what? <laughs> Not only is it brilliant because it's so much easier to promote that and to you know market that and sell that, but it's also so intriguing because it's taking a lot of the pressure off of you to come up with all of these different service packages to meet the varying different needs that you could find out they have. And it's also kind of taking off the pressure of the client because they're not trying to figure out which one they want to buy amongst all of your service packages. So how did you come up with this, this, uh, you know, getting paid for your proposal idea? (laughs) Trial and error. (laughs) (laughs) That was basically it. Like I mentioned, I've been at this for 18 years. I've been sole breadwinner for my family for about nine years Um, there's a whole backstory there where essentially I was hustling, trying to get clients on Upwork back when it was Odesk. And, you know, Mm -hmm. I kept having these one-off clients and they would work with me for a short period of time. We'd complete a project and then they'd move on. I had no way to upsell them into something longer. And I was, I was focused on deliverables. They were coming to me because they needed an email series, seven emails over 14 days, you know, with with these talking points, what's your price? And I'd give them a price and they'd have me complete the deliverables. I never knew what happened with what I was creating for Mm -hmm. them, what the results were. So I couldn't brag on how amazing my copy was. And it never turned into more work because they were just price shopping. So I started Mm -hmm. to dive really deep into these proposals and create these bigger strategies Um, And some of my clients started implementing them with other people. Some of them started implementing them with me. And I think it was actually just by accident. I think someone asked me, you know, if we were to take the next six to 12 months and develop a marketing plan, could we, could we pay you to develop that plan? So I did this. I spent, I think it was three weeks developing a full marketing plan for them for the next 12 months based on all their goals and dreams. And from that, they hired me to do it. Up until that point, I'd been selling one-off projects and then trying to sell them into retainers. I hate retainers. Mm -hmm. Retainers are, they have so much ambiguity about them. As a freelancer, you never know how much work you're going to have week to week. And as a client, you never know exactly what you're paying for week to week. And so I found the conversion rates were just not great. And I was constantly firefighting. I moved to these proposals. I started selling these, these strategies as the first project. I could find out right away if a client was super high maintenance and texted me at two in the morning. I don't work with them for a year if they do that, right? Mm -hmm. I could find out if they were really challenging to work with. I could find out if they needed three to five rounds of revisions on everything. And I could find that all out before giving them a price on how much it would cost to implement for six to 12 months. There were clients where I gave them the strategy and I didn't offer to do it for them because I knew that we wouldn't work well together. Um, and there have been clients who practically begged me to implement it for them during the debrief before I'd even offered to do it for them because we worked so well together and built up so much trust. And so, you know, this, I kind of fell into this process as a way of trying to get through what was a really tough situation, getting these one-off projects and not being able to get these retainers going, working on Upwork. Um, you know, we actually ended up losing our house. And so it was figuring this out and delivering that proposal. And the moment that she said yes to the year long contract, I can remember just crying tears of joy because it meant we could move back out of my in-laws and out on our own. And I rebuilt from there. And that was about nine years ago now. 
Wow. And you know what? I love that idea about how it's almost like a trial run with every client you get. There's no huge commitment. Like, yes, you're committed to completing the strategy and everything. But other than that, there's no long-term commitment. And it's just such a fantastic concept. I absolutely love it. So when you're trying to sell this proposal kind of process to them, what are you what are you promoting as your package? What is the offer that you're giving to them? So because most things come from referrals now, for me, it has shifted. Um, now I'll usually jump on a Zoom call and they'll say, hey, I'm trying to do this thing, usually an online course or an online event. So-and-so told me to talk to you and I'll I'll be like, pump the brakes. We need to figure out where we're going first. (laughs) And usually what I'll pitch them right now is a pilot. So I'll essentially go through a research and beta offer for them where I'll sell some of their, um, I'll sell some of their program for them for, you know, a small cost. And that's their strategy, right? We're testing to make sure their product's going to work. We're figuring out where their clients are hanging out and the messaging that they need. Um, And kind of giving them some sort of a return on their investment. That doesn't work in every market. Um, When I started doing this and I was just doing copywriting or social content, oftentimes I would essentially use other freelancer strategies as a selling point for my strategy. So I would say something along the lines of, you know, you're probably talking to a lot of social media managers right now. And a lot of them are wanting to get into, you know, three, six or 12 month commitments with you. I like to do things differently. I like to understand your business and really dive in and create a fully formed strategy on its own first. And you can decide if you like the strategy, we can decide if we work well together before diving into a long-term commitment to each other. Um, And that actually won me several (laughs) proposals that were fairly competitive with some clients that carried me for quite some time. Wow. I love this. And so this whole concept is just, it really is such a novel way of approaching, especially creative services, because, you know, a lot of the time we are, we're, we're doing one-off projects and then we're trying to sell them into retainers. And while that may work for some, and depending on what you do, some services do require like a long-term relationship, But for the majority of creatives, I find it doesn't really work very well. So giving us the option now to do it this way is just absolutely fantastic. Yeah, and I find a lot of the things that people do through retainers can actually be done through these kind of six to 12 month project plans. Um, So I have a couple of clients where I would say I'm essentially on retainer with them, but proposing it to them as here's the deliverables and and the goals that we're going to hit in the next six months. And here's how much it's going to cost you. Let's break that down into monthly payments. So it's easier for you on cash flow. That was easier for them to commit to than, you know, Hey, we're going to be your marketing team for this cost per month for six months, because there Mm -hmm. are specific deliverables, there's specific outcomes. They have KPIs to track. We know what we're doing. They know what we're doing. It's just an easier sell and it gives you more credibility. So, Essentially, it's limited time bound retainers with very specific deliverables and a buffer of time to allow for other things. It's just packaging up and productizing something that people have been doing for a long time, realistically. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. So now over there at Tactile Design Company, you kind of gave us a little bit of an insight into how it started, which was 
you know, not so bright because I think we all have a story like that. <laughs> things were not good. And then I figured it out and now things are better, but what's kind of, what are you guys doing now? Is there anything big and bright in the future for you? Yeah. Well, as I mentioned, we're moving towards working in the tourism sector now that things are starting to reopen in Canada. Um, I don't know if it's obvious from my backdrop, but we're full-time RV travelers as our family. So we're oh. very heavily emotionally invested in adventure tourism and tourism hospitality. It's a big part of our lifestyle. Um, and that's the companies I'd like to support as our next step. It was actually where we were originally doing a lot of work pre-pandemic, but for the last year and a bit, that wasn't such a hot industry for understandable reasons. Um, yeah, we're, we're working on growing that side of the business. We're growing our team again. We're going to bring on some more full-time people probably in the fall to work on some project management and some client management things, starting to get into that higher level of hires rather than just technicians who are handling specific deliverables, which is always nice. Um, and we might even be looking at a studio space. So, you know, follow me on Instagram if you want to see pictures of that as we build it out. Even though I'm a nomad, I want a home base to store all my camera gear, essentially. So I'm, <laughs> I'm looking forward to that. Wonderful. Okay. So for someone who just finished listening to this uh, podcast here, what's one piece of actionable advice you can give them to get started on putting into place what we've talked about here today? Um, tell everyone, you know, what you do. And yes. that's a crazy piece of advice because people are like, well, yeah, of course. But when it comes down to it, even I, even to this day, there are some people that I know who don't know what I do. And it's mm -hmm, maybe because too. they don't understand it or um, it's just not their world. But until everyone you know knows what you do, you're never going to get those referrals. You're never going to get those opportunities that come into their network for them to pass along to you. There's this focus online on, you know, building this big presence and this big audience. And I genuinely don't think those things are necessary for someone who just wants to support themselves as a creative and as a freelancer. I think we can do a lot better by building a really, really strong network of people who fully understand the problems we solve. And that starts with the people who already know and like and trust you and want to see you succeed. So that's my advice. Make sure everyone you know knows what you do. Perfect. I absolutely love that piece of advice. <laughs> okay. I ask everybody on the podcast this question and I love hearing the answers. I think I might have an inkling as to what your answer will be, okay. but we'll see. So do you have a hobby or creative activity you do that's just for you? Oh, is, is it okay if I say my hobby is collecting hobbies? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I crochet, I watercolor, I do hand lettering. I had a bullet journal for a while. A lot of my hobbies are outdoor based. So I also paddleboard, hike, backpack, obviously travel. Um, yeah, pretty much I'll try anything once. And I'm very much a YOLO kind of person. So adventure. Completely relate. <laughs> I'm thankful that there are cupboards and closets in my office because I can kind of like hide away my my hobby collection, all its paraphernalia. <laughs> my husband's always going, what are you doing now? <laughs> yep, the big bag of yarn under the desk that no one can see on the Zoom meetings. It's definitely there though. <laughs> mm -hmm. oh, love it. Oh, well, thank you so much, Cheryl. This has been a fantastic conversation. Where can people find you online? Um, so if they want to learn more about our agency, you can go to gettactile.com. 
Um, but the easiest thing to do is just find me on social media. I'm at Cheryl Woodhouse on most things and at Cheryl R. Woodhouse on Instagram. Wonderful. Well, thanks again, Cheryl. And I hope you have a fantastic day. You too. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of The Well-Paid Creative. This podcast is sponsored by 12 Strong, a full-service marketing automations agency. You can learn more at 12strong.com. Theme music is by Silverhoof, and our guests are not paid for their time and energy, so please do give them any support that you can. Before we head out, if you want access to free resources, trainings, and a community of creative pros just like you, Visit wellpaidcreative.com where you can find all this and so much more. Join me next week for another episode as we continue discussing how you can grow and love a profitable creative business. While you're here, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. And if you enjoyed it, I'd be so grateful for a review or a share with someone you think would benefit. Now let's hear some more of that amazing theme song. (laughs) 